Grace 242 kids. I, I'm Bryn Vervaldi and I want to be an author illustrator when I grow up. I already make books now, like this. What do you want to be when you grow up? Hello Grace 422, my name is Callan. Callan for family. I would like to be a dad and an author. What would you like to be? Good morning, my name is Pratima Plaman and our gathering scripture today comes from Isaiah 46, 9 through 10. Remember the things I have done in the past for I alone am God. I am God and there is none like me. Only I can tell you the future before it even happens. Everything I plan will come to pass for I do whatever I wished. Next scripture is Matthew 10, 16 through 18. Look, I am sending you out as sheep among wolves, so be as shrewd as snakes and harmless as doves. But beware, for you will be handed over to the courts and will be fogged with whips in the synagogues. You will send trials before governors and kings because you are my followers, but this will be your opportunity to tell the rulers and other unbelievers about me. Next scripture is Matthew 27, 18 through 20. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all, all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. These new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this I am with you always even to the end of the age hey grace 242 pastor Bill here last week in part one of this message we talked about predictions made by back to the future 2 that did not come true this week we're gonna look at predictions that back to the future made that did indeed come true number one Voice commands. Hydrate level four, please. Even though they got this one right, they could have never predicted all the frustration that comes with the technology. Hey, Siri. I'm sorry. I am a useless machine who makes life worse. Number two, restaurants without waitstaff. Welcome to the Cafe 80s, where it's always morning in America, even in the afternoon and noon. Now you input your order on the tablet and you cut out the human and we call this progress. I'm looking at you, Panera Bread. Number three, VR headsets. Cause putting on one of these babies sure makes you look cool. I have a hard time keeping track. It's fruit. Fruit Thank you. Number four, fingerprint recognition. Biff pays for the taxi with his fingerprint. The McFlies get into their house using their fingerprints. Today, we unlock our devices using our fingerprints, we pay with our fingerprints, and we give our technology overlords everything there is to know about us using our fingerprints. 
I mean, come on, people. We're not customers of Google. No, we are the product of Google. Google sells everything there is to know about us. They're harvesting us. But I digress. Number five, big TVs with lots of channels. Okay, I want channels 18, 24, 63, 109, 87, and the weather channel. Weather channels bringing you... Case in point, just last Saturday, I was at a friend's house who said to me, oh, Bill, if you want to watch the game, it's on channel 5001. I remember when big screen TVs were the size of a piano, and when you ran your finger across the screen, it went whoop. Now, you can get a 60 plus inch screen on your wall for less than 400 bucks. Number six, hands-free video games. You mean you have to use your hands? That's like a baby's toy. In fact, you could already make the argument that this fad has come and gone. I remember one of us got a Wii for Christmas back when that was all the rage. And we were setting it up in the living room at Morgan's folks place. And Morgan's late grandfather said, it'll never work. Well, it did work. But people found out that when they play video games, they don't want to go through the work of standing and moving. No, they want to plop their lazy behinds on the couch, controller in hands with a bag of chips and a cube of Mountain Dew within arm's reach. Number seven, drones. Oh good, cameras that can fly anywhere in the sky have become ubiquitous. Just what I was hoping for. More cameras in the sky. I bring up Back to the Future 2 because as far as the future is concerned, Marty McFly had to travel to the future in order to know the future. In contrast, God doesn't need a DeLorean to know the future because he is the one who plans the future. Marty needed an almanac to bet on sporting events. God doesn't need an almanac to tell him the sporting event results because he is the author of the future. Look what God says in Isaiah 46 verse 10. Only I can tell you the future before it even happens. Everything I plan will come to pass, for I do whatever I wish. God doesn't need to travel to the future because he is the one who plans the future. Whatever he plans will come to pass. In theological language, when we say that God plans the future, we call that God's sovereignty. Here's what the Holman Bible Dictionary says about God's sovereignty. God possesses all power and is the ruler of all things. God rules and works according to his eternal purpose, even through events that seem to contradict or oppose his rule. God is sovereign. He is the author of the past, he is the author of the present, and he is the author of the future. He needs no sports almanac to tell him the results because he is the one who authors the results. Everything God's plans will come to pass because he's in control of all of it. Isaiah 46 verses 9 and 10 establish a tried and true pattern for believers. Verse 9 invites us to look backward, and as we look backward, we remember how God has sovereignly cared for us in the past. Look at Isaiah 46 verse 9. Remember the things I have done in the past, for I alone am God. I am God, and there is none like me. Looking backward in remembrance of God's sovereign care then compels us to look forward to the future, knowing that the future is in God's hands as well. Look at verse 10. Only I can tell you the future before it even happens. Everything I plan will come to pass, for I do whatever I wish. Last week, we looked backward and remembered God's care for us in the past. And this week, we look forward to what God holds for us in 2021. What does God hold for us this year? 
If we look back at 2020, much of the year was responding. When the world shut down in March and we could no longer meet at Mequon Nature Preserve, we were responding by moving to house churches. And our celebration services at Cedar Creek were a response to not being able to get together all together in the space that we used to call home. 2020 was a year of responding to the immediate and immense challenges of a world turned upside down. If 2020 was largely responding, then 2021 will be pursuing. As we turn the calendar from 2020 to 2021, we move from defense to offense. During the 2007 NFL season, the Packers hosted the Seattle Seahawks at Lambeau Field in the divisional round of the playoffs. And the game did not start as planned. Packers star running back Ryan Grant fumbled away the ball twice. Both fumbles led to points for Seattle, which put the Packers down 0-14 in the first quarter. I remember watching the game thinking it was over already. But then the snow started to fall. Down 0-14, the Packers went on to boat race the Seahawks to the tune of a 42-20 victory. An image of Favre throwing a snowball at receiver Donald Driver made the cover of Sports Illustrated. The Packers went in that game from defense to offense. They were immediately placed on their heels by Seattle, but the team rallied pursuing a convincing victory in what became an iconic game in the Packers' canon. In some ways, the turn of the calendar places us in a similar situation. As we transition from 2020 to 2021, we move from responding to the challenges presented us to pursuing the mission. We go from adjusting to the new normal to pursuing the mission amidst the new normal. Let's look at this mission. Simply put, the mission is the Great Commission. You can't spell Great Commission without the word mission. Everything boils down to this. In 2021, we need to do the mission. Here is what the church exists to do. Let's look at Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all these commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The Great Commission is the mission. The church exists to, in Jesus' own words, go and make disciples. I love our mission statement here at Grace 242 because it is the Great Commission in our own words. Grace 242 exists to make disciples and to multiply disciples of Jesus. When I was courting Grace, one of the reasons why I ended up coming here is because the mission statement nails it with clarity. Make disciples, multiply disciples. It's that simple. The mission is discipleship. Alarmingly, a lot of churches miss this. I mean, there's lots of churches out there where you'll see something like, First Baptist Church, loving God and loving others. And when I see that, I think, no, no, loving God and loving others is the great commandment, not the great commission. We are commanded to love God and love others, but that is not the mission. The mission is to make disciples. 
My friend Jason Brannon, who preached in our pulpit a little over a year ago when my friends and I did this pulpit swap thing with some of the other churches in our presbytery, Jason pastors Church of Christ Presbyterian in Chicago. And when you go to their website and you click on Our Mission, you get this. Be disciples, make disciples. Church of Christ Presbyterian nailed it. The mission is discipleship. If 2020 was all about responding in faithfulness as disciples, then 2021 is about pursuing the mission of multiplying disciples. What's a disciple? Well, in short, a disciple is a follower of Jesus. The word disciple comes from the Latin root meaning learner. Disciples of Jesus are followers of or learners of Jesus. Grace 242's mission is to make and multiply disciples. We make and multiply learners of Jesus. We make and multiply followers of Jesus. The way I like to talk about the mission is to say that our goal is to reproduce one's own life of following Jesus in the life of somebody else. I am someone sent by Jesus to do his great commission. Being on his mission means that I am to reproduce my own life of following Jesus in the life of someone else. That's the making part of making disciples. The multiplying part happens when this person in whom my life of following Jesus has been reproduced goes on to reproduce their life of following Jesus in another person. The following of Jesus has been multiplied from one person to another to another to another. Grace 242 exists to make and multiply disciples of Jesus. We make and multiply disciples of Jesus by reproducing our own lives of following Jesus in someone else, who then can go and reproduce their own life of following Jesus in someone else. Who can go and go and reproduce their own life of following Jesus in someone else. That's the multiplying part. What about you? Have you ever thought about the fact that you are instructed by Jesus to be on his mission? I'm guessing many of us associate with a church for our own faith development or our own spiritual development, and those are good things, and those are good reasons to be associated with the church. But I think more often than not, we think in terms of the benefit that we get ourselves as opposed to imagining ourselves being on mission, commanded by Jesus, to make disciples. Have you ever thought about the fact that you are actually instructed by Jesus to do his mission of multiplying disciples? Have you ever considered that you are not only invited into the mission of Jesus, but instructed by him to do his mission? 2020 was a year of upheaval, and we responded to the challenges. 2020 was a year of responding. And now in 2021, we turn our attention to pursuing the mission of reproducing our own lives of following Jesus in somebody else. In 2021, we look to pursue the mission of discipleship that Jesus gives us. Next week, we'll continue to look at the interplay between God being the author of the future and the mission that his son bestows to us in part three of this message. See you next week.